Welcome back to For Fintech Sake. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Pettit, U.S. Content Director at Money 2020 by Day, and, you know, this at night. Here we are. This is a very special episode. My good friend, John Zanoff, founder of Empire Startups, founder of Stella Ventures, has done so many other things. I think he actually remodeled a kitchen once, I've heard, in the lore of fintech. Stopped by this morning to have a conversation about the excitement that is next week, which is New York Fintech Week. And we discussed not only that, but specifically Empire Fintech, Empire Startups, the conference that he runs. And we went into the history, the now, the future, all of it. And we even have a special discount code for, for Fintech Sake listeners. If you go to empirestartups.com, you will get... 15% off by entering FFS15. I wanted to say that up front so that you can save some money because I'm all about saving you money, folks. And with that, we will jump into this very hyped conversation with John Zanoff, who is a little loopier than usual, being seven, eight days out from his show. I hope you enjoy it because I definitely did. Who loves fintech? Who loves fintech? Zach loves fintech. Zach loves fintech. <laughs> Can we record a new? I was recording during that. <laughs> can we re- can we have that as your new? That's the cold jingle? open. <laughs> Who loves fintech? Who loves fintech? Zach loves fintech. Zach loves fintech. Legs extra heavy so you could get a little pump in. Oh yeah, these things. Uh, you you get to the end of an hour with one of these it's and like, you're you're feeling a little something. Like ten kilograms. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And sp- and John wants everyone to know he works out with kettlebells because he says kilograms. <laughs> now he's doing an Who overhead loves press. Who loves fintech? <laughs> Gotta figure out which microphones. Uh, that's yours. Okay, we're good to go. John Zanoff in the house in the Money Twenty Twenty offices because I talked him into coming to Times Square because I don't think I'm allowed to take any of this machinery out of the office because it all belongs to Money Twenty Twenty. Thank you for letting me borrow the gear, team. Now that I've said Money Twenty Twenty four times at the beginning of the podcast, John wants to kick me and wants to get started. John, how you doing this morning? First of all, I love you. I love Money 2020. I fucking hate Times Square. Why are we <laughs> We're here? on the same page about that, at least. Because this is the glorious place where we come to the 27th floor, we build content to change the world, and then we go back down and we have some pizza. This is where dreams die and Italian tourists get on double-decker buses to get <laughs> shepherded around my island. Listen, just because this is the founding place of Carabas, <laughs> just because this is where Olive Garden goes, to, <laughs> goes for corporate meetings. Anyway... Does Applebee's deliver? This you, we are in Applebee's. Okay. This just is Applebee. When you fart around here, it's just naturally. No matter if you've never eaten Applebee's, it just smells like it. All right, we should, can we get extra <laughs> dipping sauces? I don't know what that means, but it seems like it's something. Just, it's just a thing that Midwesterners you would do in Kansas say. City. Yeah, we just like to say, can we have extra dipping sauces? Even if there's no dipping sauces available, it's just ketchup packets. We like to have extra dipping sauces. I it's, love fintech. I love fintech. Who loves fintech? Who loves fintech? Okay. So we got, we're seven days out, six days out. I mean, I, well, oh, f- from Empire, we're eight days out. Each time we sing I Love Fintech, how many people do you think stop listening to your podcast? I don't want to guess, but I would imagine that, t- I think it's net new tuner inners. That's the official term. Understood. Promise, no more singing. Oh, I mean, it doesn't seem like you're going to stick to that promise. But uh, okay, so eight days out. Well, is there any music at the the opening party the night before Empire? 
Oh, do you just want to sing to people? We, it, I mean, I was we just trying to find a transition in. We're going to DJ. I mean, the best thing about that one is Dinosaur Barbecue's back. Dinosaur Barbecue took a three-year hiatus during the pandemic. A lot of folks know they catered. They used to cater our entire conference. It's like, what would you like? Would you like a yogurt parfait? Sorry, we only have wings. And uh, that was that was the thing that made me. I remember my first year, and I remember your mom like walking me through the buffet and just being like, "This, I feel at home." You know, it was like my first, second time in New York, maybe coming from KC, and I just like see some ribs. And I'm like, "Oh, uh, yeah. thank God, <laughs> I'm comfortable." So, yeah, for I mean, for those who've never been to an environment conference, if you're online waiting for lunch, there's a chance there's a sweet old Jewish lady who's just going to ask you how you're feeling, how your tummy is, encourage you to get something healthy before you. Have have a sweet yes that's that's john's mom still working the empire fintech conferences all these years later my favorite part was she was great for my self-esteem just because she was always telling me to eat more you know it was one of those moments in my life i was feeling a little fat eat something yeah she was like you're skinny eat more i'm like i love you i I, I get this now i get this yeah i mean come on it's my party so we're gonna have some good food there you go baby there you go so what number empire is this Honestly, I'd be making it up. I, I want to say you really don't know. I really don't know. I mean, we've done <laughs> wild, New York, Toronto, San Francisco for ten years. I don't, you know, call it twenty. Twenty wow. conference. Here. I don't. Did I? I don't think. Did I know you when there was a Toronto and San Francisco one? I mean, you were a you were a glimmer in I Papa's was, eye. I was just <laughs> Toronto. I mean, Toronto's I was still swimming around. <laughs> Toronto's funny. I mean, I bet so many of you just don't realize Toronto for decades. I mean, for like 40 years. When I started in fintech, Toronto easily had the call on fintech capital versus New York City. Well, I knew it was, I mean, obviously one of the fintech capitals, but I thought you meant that you had like done an empire startup no, 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 thing we did. there. We did. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. When, when was that? Ish. Since you can't give me dates for anything or count anything, apparently. This was like before, this was pre-Web Summit days. This was, you know, call it 20, 2017. Yeah, yeah. Do you watch 30 Rock? Not Ta- really. Stop taking us on non-fintech tangents. I was just thinking about Kenneth. I'm, I'm starting to think that I don't know how old you are. And <laughs> maybe you're like 175 and I didn't know it. No, that's factual. Okay. I'm a, a 100% boomer. Ghost of fintech future is actually the ghost of fintech past. Is that what it is? This is a fact. Okay. This is a fact. I'm, I'm you know. We're going to try not to throw shade on boomers of fintech and just say that, yes, I'm a boomer. Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, some of the things I'm most excited about is fintech that is specifically built for that generation. So I don't think that we can throw shade on that specific piece. But coming 100%. back to it. Um, okay, so you have no idea how many that we've done. So we've done a number of them is the, is the takeaway. We've done a lot. And what was the... Well, before we come to like what's going on this year, what was the founding thesis of it? Were you just like bored and wanted friends? What? How did this start? I love thesis. I love the big thesis word. Oh yeah, yeah, the big thesis word because that is wildly exaggerating. Five five letters is big word. That's a wild exaggeration for what we were doing back in 2010 in fintech. There wasn't a thesis. There was, you know what? Fintech is really fucking hard. Like, how can we possibly build something that's going to change the world when? Every traditional financial services company is doing exactly what they did last year, uh, and they're crediting all of the success with you know decisions they've they've made, and and are therefore unwilling to augment shift their their way of thinking. I mean that was it. It was twenty nerds that I bribed with pizza to come talk fintech, and uh, and I mean it took off from there month after month. 
the pre-barbecue days. Couldn't even afford. Couldn't even afford. It probably didn't couldn't even exist afford barbecue. Yet. The accounting firm that hosted the very first New York fintech meetup, the partners weren't familiar with fintech. Um, asked specifically if we have to be there because 6 p.m. is really late, and they weren't <laughs> and they weren't throwing in for pizza. That's where that's where fintech in New York City was in 2010. And by in 2010, and you just left the large monolith where were you at that point i was still there i was still okay. at, yeah yeah i mean it, for a while i was calling it oldman Sachs, being cute and saying you know <laughs> com, you know can't mention the name yeah. uh decade plus out no i was in the the uh the stodgiest place where dreams died called goldman Sachs. good old times good old times okay so so fast forward you started it as a place to come together talk about fintech learn about fintech nerd out about fintech help startups I mean, basically everything I just said is still what you do today. So it seems like the, the mission is, is heading in the right direction, but it has grown a lot. It's more than 20 people. It is taken over new world stages. It's, I mean, tell us, tell us what it's, what it's become. I mean, well, 20, 2010 was, you were looking for someplace to go like-minded individuals. Yeah. Um, to, to nerd out with. There was no one that was talking about why, uh, ACH is broken or why, you know, wealth models are, 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 are not in the best interest of, of consumers. Wealth management models aren't, or portfolio management isn't in the best interest yeah. of your average We were talking consumer. about fiduciary. Like, there was nowhere to stuff. go. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't Google it. You couldn't yeah. go tune into a, an awesome podcast. There were no, you know, incessant weekly blogs, um, <laughs> you know, think boys spewing information about this. It was one, and like, Subscribe when you, when you showed up, it was like, com. holy crap, like, there are a bunch of awesome people here who are as passionate about this. So, I mean, that's what it was. They were more like, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it was, FinTech was a, was a hobby. FinTech wasn't a personality like it seems to be today. Now that FinTech is everywhere, people are, seem to come out of the womb with aspirations to be FinTech. And so it's a completely, completely different world um, coming to events and, and, and working in the community today. It's true. It is kind of like a, like a star sign. I used to be a Virgo and then I grew up and now I'm just a FinTech. It's, I get it. I get it. That could have gone better. We're moving on. Um, so, <laughs> carrying on from that. Uh, so, the did New York FinTech Week or did Empire Startups come first, the actual conference itself? Like, did it get built around one or built around the other? The, uh, the, the conference came first. So, just a, just a meetup meeting, two hours a month, uh, you know, great experience, super collaborative. I'd, I'd argue more collaborative than it is today, the more collaborative than the ecosystem is today. And, you know, two hours a month wasn't enough. So we started, okay, let's, let's expand half day. We're going to do a half day conference. We were so proud of assembling, you know, a hundred people in a yeah. double wide conference room and said accounting firm. We had, a, we had arrived. I think we cleared like $1,600 on Woo. that conference, um, but it kept growing. We tried, you know, two days, we tried one day and, um, but at the end of the day, what we wanted to do is we didn't want to build a larger and larger conference. We wanted to do our North Star was how do we bring the ecosystem and the community together? And so it didn't all, everything happening during New York FinTech, we didn't need to be under the Empire banner. Yeah. And that's what we've realized, you know, today you have 35. I mean, we may end up next week with 40 events across the city. Empire plays a role in five of those. The other 35 Phenomenal community organizers, phenomenal corporates hosting their own events from happy hours to roundtables to 
VIP dinners, you know, the whole ecosystem, you know, comes out for it. And one thing we were talking about earlier with how the ecosystems evolved, I mean, it's hugely important to say by no means are there, you know, one set or even a few sets of community organizers that make up any startup ecosystem. We, uh, we leverage amazing work from community builders like Twift, community builders like Nicole and FinTech is Femme, yeah. FinTech Business Weekly, I mean, even uh, and FinTech Takes. It's just, it's just an amazing collection of the entire ecosystem coming together. You know, if, if anything, you know, we cover more of the cost of WordPress to run New York FinTech Week. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we think of it as a platform, again, to pull the whole, whole community together. Yeah, I mean, it is a, it's an interesting thing because the the agenda all that is on you know the empire website and the the in new york fintech week is really like much bigger than empire and it's interesting to watch it kind of grow and take on a life of its own so let's do the let's do the tour guide thing walk walk me through this week walk me through the exciting things you're excited about monday tuesday i mean you don't have to do any chronological order but Obviously, things build up to this thing on Wednesday, Empire Startups. I believe I'm interviewing a, a certain ex-chairwoman of the FDIC, Yellen McWilliams. I don't know how I keep getting lucky enough to just do this on the Empire stages. Second FDIC chairperson. Uh, well, ex-chairperson. I don't think current chair people would talk to me. But anyway, there's that. But what what else is going on? What on that? And this is... Right, we'll, we'll get to know Yelena. But I honestly, man, I pronounce her name 15 different ways, depending on how many drinks I've had, where we are and just like how come I don't like I say, Yelena, Yelena. Yeah. Like I'll get like a little weird. Yelena sometimes, you know, she's just that approachable that you can butcher her name and she'll just still be like, oh, silly American. I mean, we don't know how to pronounce her name, but what we do know is she's definitely not listening to this. Definitely not. And we all know that she's a badass and that she is just an absolute legend. So if we slightly mispronounce Yelena, I think she doesn't give one damn. (laughs) We got to spend a little bit of time with her in Vegas at Money 2020 last year. And then Sheila Bear was obviously in New York for FinTech Week last year so that's your back-to-back former was that it was two years was that, ago uh, okay two three 2019 yeah yeah favorite favorite things one so both so smart so humble you know you don't for for someone that you know arguably was one of the most impo- important and powerful people in the world not uh, even t- arguably in 2009 she was like on a list as this Sheila was on the list as the second most powerful woman in the world behind amazing. Angela Merkel amazing and if if it was uh, the list must have been right uh, it was not wrong, I yeah, don't think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I don't know if that list got published, but Yelena should have been on it at some point. But I love the one. I love that. The other thing that I loved is that all of the MBAs in the audience <laughs> yeah. were lined up for autographs because they had to study textbooks from Sheila Bear, which is like something we've just never experienced. I mean, I guess that's you know we talked about how we grew up and getting into fintech, and now now fintech tends to be a personality. But like out of the womb, these people. Well, they got their Sheila Bear autographs, which was pretty yeah, special. That was so weird. I like we were sitting in the green room. Every, I mean, I I am a Sheila Bear fanboy. I mean, she was on the she was on the advisory board of the first startup I ever worked for. Um, so I've just you know been a fan. Got to meet her that one time, and then you gave me this opportunity, which was like, oh holy shit! I get a chance to even ask Sheila Bear to do an interview. She did it when she showed up, and like hugged me i don't know there's something about like hugging your heroes that is just like a very bizarre feeling and then just talking to them like they're normal people and they talk to you back like normal people so all of that was normal and then we got backstage and like it was like 
18 MBAs from schools that I never could have gotten into just descend upon her and are like, oh my God, are you Sheila Bear? And there's like still people on stage. You're like, hush, like, shh. <laughs> Sheila, I just wanted to let you know I got an A in your class at you know, Columbia. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Or like I wrote a paper on you and I just want you to know that you're the, like, you're the reason that I believe this about the FDIC is like some of the most like some of the nerdiest and most inspirational like, responses, but it was so funny. It was so surreal. So anyway, back to, you know, back to your question. Sorry for the tangent, Zach. Back to your question on the things happening. For, <laughs> okay. There's a lot of good stories. There's right now, I, I, again, 35, 36 events. So probably be 40 by next week. So I would not bore you and or listeners with everything happening, but there's definitely some amazing things. Well, where, the, where can they find these events if you don't want to bore them with every single one? Oh, Zach. We'll head over to EmpireStartups.com to see the full list of New York Fintech Week events. But um, uh, that, inner, you know, completely, you know, transparent product placement aside. <laughs> I mean, that was just a, we don't have to hide it. That yeah. was a plug. Yeah. I'll get, you know, a couple <laughs> things that are really awesome. One, um, age tech or silver tech, huge trend. How can fintech solutions not only democratize access to financial products, but also help people age well and age in place? And, you know, age tech covers a lot of health tech, but, but covers fintech. In the world of fintech, everything from real-time payments, uh, wealth management and the wealth transfer um, to, to retirement solutions. And the thing about age tech that's really interesting is it doesn't, because it covers so many different, call it industries or verticals, there's no community. And so our friends at AARP, as they're raising awareness for technology in this space, have, have invented and established the, the Age Tech Collaborative and the Age Tech community. And so Monday is a lot about Age Tech. We're doing a financial wellness pitch day in partnership with AARP. The six companies presenting are unbelievable. Honestly, term sheet ready. Cool. Uh, under, you know. I don't, we found them under a rock, but absolutely poised to, to explode. A, a couple of them were so strong, we immediately moved them to the conference stage. And wow. then we're doing a, yeah, we're sitting down for a, a, a round table that afternoon. Closed door, no press, really diving in. So that's going to be ma an amazing day. Um, the other thing, as folks are thinking about what types of events they should be hosting, I love events that don't involve alcohol, you know? Clarity of mind. We talk a lot about mental health. What does that mean? Like host a breakfast, host a workout event. Yeah. Our friends at Twiff are doing a workout. We love it. The more of that, the more hikes, the more yoga, the more fitness. Like, Are you doing a fit? I remember last year you made me almost vomit trying to get, I think I woke up at an hour that it was pretty normal for me to wake up. I think it was like six or seven, which isn't crazy. But then you made me do physical activity before eight. I hated you. Are we doing that again? I'm not doing that again. Are you doing that again? Listeners may not, I mean, Zach is somewhat allergic to cardio. <laughs> Listeners, I'm fat. No. <laughs> um, when he walks on stage, his, his heart rate spikes. That's pretty much it. That's yes. actually kind of true. Come on. I, I, for, for me, and we've talked about this a little bit before from a mental health standpoint, it's um, I'm six or seven days a week. You got to do it. Well, I know that. Yeah. I mean, I am too. I'm just six to seven days a week after 8 a.m. But are you the, doing a group workout in the morning again, like an Empire thing? Empire's not doing it, but there but the are tour some. Yep, gotcha. Exactly, okay. exactly, exactly right. And that's that's fantastic. It's not like like we, we talked about it. It's not all Empire at, at the helm. It's uh, dozens of organizers. Yeah. Okay. Um, the... Um, you know what the re really interesting thing? There are bragging rights on Thursday night's the inaugural FinTech Week Poker Night. Yeah. Uh, is, are there tickets left for that? 
Oh no, sir. Oh uh, no. And that's you all right. Know, we'll rub it in. Tell us what it is anyway, so that we can create FOMO for next year. Because folks I'm, haven't booked, I'm not going because someone didn't invite me ahead of time. If, ha- if folks haven't booked passes for FinTech Week, about half those events are sold out, yeah. and it's you know something. Born out of the community, we think of our North Star as the founder, and so telling people no is, is probably our least favorite thing to do, but that's just the reality. But yeah, we've got uh, Shuffle Up and Deal. We've got 80 folks vying for the FinTech Week Poker Championship. It's going to be amazing. I love it. And John doesn't even tweet in all caps. That was a all-in reference for anyone following the J-Cal deep, deep, deep references. I think three people got that and might have chuckled. Zach's here all week, folks. I mean, until Thursday, and then I'm back Monday. Head out probably Friday. Anyway, um, I'll be around. I'll be around. <laughs> so that's so that's happening. What I think kind of a couple of the other things that we said we wanted to talk about were talking a little bit about maybe some just tips and tricks for speakers since we have two conference nerds in the room what were the other things that we wanted to talk about you can tell that we're just really on top of it over here normally i just want to talk to people and john's got me like you know accomplishing things and talking about subjects so what else was there john yeah i mean one of the things we're talking about is how do we how do you curate the content and i mean top of mind is, is is working with speakers i mean the interesting thing about coming on stage and and I guess that you know the subject could be best way to get on stage at Money Twenty Twenty or, or the Empire FinTech Conference. Well, I think they overlap in terms of the best way to get on stage at really any yeah. conference anywhere. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, yeah, yeah, a, th- a, a thousand percent. And the, you know, the thing I was on a on a on a call yesterday, uh, providing some feedback to to be honest, some folks very senior in fintech. You know, it, it exceeded my time my tenure and my expertise without a question well that doesn't mean they they can't receive some some critical feedback on on things they plan to present uh and it and it very quickly became apparent that certain individuals no longer surround themselves with a in a feedback environment was your feedback not welcome john my my feedback i wouldn't say was poorly received i would say it wasn't received at all Oh, they just did we just not hear you or did we just like skate on by just oh that's nice buddy Here's the thing. Our boy Sheila at, at BTV, I've seen him tweet about, you know, screw prep panels. You know, the best panels are off the cuff. Here's the reality. 99.9% of people can't go off the cuff with uh, yeah. any success whatsoever. Yeah, Shields tweeted that. Ohad, Ohad says, says yeah. the same thing. I've, I've seen a lot of people say that, and I, I agree with them, and I agree with you. And I agree with most all versions of this, but it just comes down to who these people are, you know, and the idea, the idea that 99% of people can get their asses up on stage and make something interesting without even thinking about it or talking about it beforehand, it's not going to fucking happen. It's not going to fucking happen. This is the same advice I give founders when it comes to pitching is be fucking interesting. Yeah. Above all else, be interesting. Yeah. I think that's generally what I was trying to say. And rolling up, excuse me rolling up to a panel and talking about your roadmap what's driving and what you think the world looks like in five years like that's not enough um you know panelists have if you want to be successful you've got to do the work there's homework there's research there's you know thinking about what are the most interesting questions what are the most dynamic questions where would i disagree with my my fellow panelists you roll up and talk about your roadmap and what you think about in fintech for for five years 
Yeah, you're you're putting the audience to sleep at the end of the day. Yeah, well, there's a certain amount of just like empathy. Like put put yourself in the shoes of the crowd and think about what you would actually want to ask, right? Like or what what they would actually want to hear. I think one of the things one of the things that I've realized even is the, there's there's also drawbacks to over prepping, right? Like there there is a oh, middle sure. ground there where like I I I think I did I did way too many interviews in Money 2020 last year just because that was first year, just kind of how it happened. And one of the interviews I did was a conversation with OnlyFans, their CEO and their CFO. And I, to be candid, think that I did enough prep to be a trained monkey. You know, I did enough prep to like ask the questions that like they were comfortable with. But I don't think I did enough prep. Be, like I had, you know, an hour before that, I interviewed Vinod Kosla. Like I had just got out in a conversation with Vinod Kosla and Serena. Like I was in a different headspace and I wasn't in the right, like, journalistic headspace. And there's not that there's anything about OnlyFans that you need to be, like, holding their feet to the fire on. But there's, like, some questions you could ask that are probably sure. worth asking on stage. And I don't think I asked those because I think I was trying to be a little too friendly. I think I was trying to be a little bit too. Switzerland at the end of the day and I think there's also something there where it's like if you prep to such a degree where everybody just like knows their answers it's I mean I mean Eric Eric Gerritsen love him to death and I'll call him out here he's a great example of this he's my CFO from NBKC he got on stage at Empire I think before yeah before I did definitely yeah you had him on a panel about bank partnerships or something like that Eric is one of the smartest people I've ever worked for amazing boss does not love getting up on stage without prep to the point where like he had written down pretty much verbatim the answers to the questions got up on stage and like kind of just recited the answers and i was like god the amount of stress that that would put you under and it's just like not as fun yeah no question i mean there's there's another extreme which are memorized answers and you know having your your you know your marketing your your pr and comms team write answers that's not that's not the solution either but the point is no. you're going to be on stage have some homework be fucking interesting think about what the audience may be curious to learn from you and do some research some idea that you're an expert you're going to walk on stage and just spew things you're already thinking about and that's going to entertain the masses it's just not factual uh, you know how do you say that with senior Senior leaders with tremendous expertise, it's it's a little bit more tough, but at the, in the, they're no longer surrounding themselves with people that question their assumptions. Um, but at the end of the day, man, does that make for a boring panel? Yeah, it's. Do do you have any things that you like dig into that make you? Um, the office is full, so we're seeing just like, and it's a whole bunch of English people and American people. So like the shoes and the pants that you see walk by are just like this, like bell bottoms followed by skinny jeans. It's very funny. Um, do you have like other mediums or other kinds of content that you listen to that or that you watch that like kind of inform the way you think about a lot of this? I ask this because for me, like without stand up, I don't think I would have not that I do stand up, but just like being obsessed with it and watching it. I don't think I would have any of the sensibilities that I have, really. So I'm curious if you have anything like that. I don't. I don't. And I think what goes through my head is actually how much time I need to spend absolutely away from fintech and absolutely away from, um, you know, the group thing that happens on the on the Twitter sphere in order to to generate new ideas uh, and, and to identify opportunities that everyone isn't talking about. So, I mean, that's an interesting take. I don't, I, I don't do that from a content perspective. I'd focus on more, you know, stepping out of the pop culture of FinTech, which is basically what 
you know, fintech nerds on Twitter are talking about yeah. in order to drive agenda and topics and really the future of fintech. Yeah. No, I agree with that too. I, th I definitely think like your, your inputs have to be unique to create that unique output. But for me, it's, I, I think that I never realized that being on stage was a skill, I guess. Absolutely. And after I realized that I got a little bit obsessed with stand up because of the, the repetitive, I, I, th I think the thing that clicked for me was, holy shit, all of these people are actually saying mostly the same thing every night, but they're just, they're shifting it a little bit. They're changing small things up, but they're seven days a week. You're, you're you know, close to there getting up on stage, repeating the same words with chutzpah and like getting to a point where everybody thinks they just said it for the first time and it just rolls that smoothly, you know? And there's something about that that's simultaneously sounds like hell and magic. Yeah. And I just, it, it, there's so many levels and I think that's probably what a lot of people don't think about when it comes to the job we do is like the all of the other stuff right it's like yes we need to pay attention to if banking as a service regulations are moving in the direction that we think they are and we have to think about you know skating to where the puck's going to be when we book a speaker now eight months later they actually speak but there's all these other things that actually like you could book somebody that's totally off subject right like Vinod Kosla you can book him any time of year and pretty much let him go any direction because he's Vinod Kosla. But like y'all ain't Vinod Kosla. Ain't nobody else Vinod Kosla, right? Like it's a very rare kind of breed. So anyway, I think the other thing for me is just like reps, 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 just get up. If you're, you know, if you haven't been on stage at money 2020, if you haven't been on stage in empire, like go get on, you know, get on a small stage and get on a slightly larger one and get on a slightly larger one and just keep going and going and going and, don't think that you're bad at it. Apparently, I have more thoughts about this than I realized. When we were texting about this last night, you were like, are people interested in this? And I was like, I guess I think about it sometime. And here we are. I've been talking for 15 minutes. Boom. Boom. Well, there's, I mean, it's slight different, Zach. One, you're fantastic on stage and you aspire Stop to it. continue. I'd, I'd love to be behind the scenes. And so some of, some of those, you don't those, seem those, to love those, it. Those. You're, you're good at it, but you don't seem to love it that much. Like I'm, when it, you, you try to hide behind the, the stage, it seems like I'm, um, you know, closet introvert and I will recover for, I will cover for the recover for the month of May following, following Vincent week. I mean, the other thing to say, and you know, shout out to the team at, at, at choir, which is driving diversity in, you know, specifically conferences in the financial services space. The other thing you want to get on stage, I mean, PR people, not that this uh, needs to be a, a, you know, masterclass on, on how to get on stage, but proposing diverse groups of speakers if your customer is a white dude, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolute expert in their space. But if it's white dude, put together a conversation and propose a conversation that brings um, folks from diverse backgrounds, diverse points of view to, to bear. The you know, easiest way not to get on stage is to introduce what fintech looked like 30 years ago, which was you know, a white dude talking about what that white dude knows. And like, it's just such a God It's like, you remember the scene in the, is it the big, yeah. In the big short where they talk about how Louis Ranieri, I think that's his name. The guy that created the mortgage bond that, that scene is just like a whole bunch of really yeah. fat old white dudes on a trading floor. Like, how does that seem fun? You know, it's just like, it just, it brings more, com it's more everything to the conversation. And like, I, I was looking at a, a lot of pictures from a conference that happened recently uh, in a warm desert 
Throw location. Shade, I, I just know there's just it. there's a lot Drop of conferences. Names. There's a lot of conferences that happen in warm desert locations recently. That's okay. not okay. That's not a specific dig. Um, and there was a lot of one. I was shocked by the amount of mantles, and I was yeah. shocked by the amount of white mantles. And I think that I think that the group that was programming that conference is of the opinion that a lot of that is just like tokenization to bring diversity to the conversation and doesn't actually like I may I sometimes wonder if people have actually seen what happens if you juxtapose a bunch of white dudes on a mantle next to an actual set of diverse opinions like they fucking have diverse opinions they share you know it's like a conversation instead of yep. just an agree or agreification we're just making up words at this point but it's so dramatically different that i don't even understand how anybody could say that it's i don't, just it's i struggle with it a lot i don't know it, it it bugs me when people push back on it i guess yeah it's fair i mean we've gotten called out i, I mean let's talk about the you know potentially something contentious which is which is reverse discrimination and we've gotten called out we got called out once and i think it was i think the feedback was fair feedback all feedback is fair um except for the feedback that i gave some panelists yesterday that was not fair. fucking interesting not clearly fair. clearly not fair. not fair but the um the feedback that we gave were were there was some ageism and you know it was a, f a few years ago and i think it's fair you know the one thing is audience wants to hear from founders, right? And so, and and the reality is the folks that are willing to put it all on the line, you know, live with seven people in Brooklyn to hack away on their new, you know, open AI powered wealth tool tend to be a bit younger. Your FinTech entrepreneurs are older than the average tech entrepreneur because it takes a bit to build that domain expertise. Now, of course, there are some folks on Twitter with their six months working for an investment bank and now they're a fintech expert but nevertheless no shade the point is fintech entrepreneurs tend to be a little bit older but at the end of the day the audience wants to hear from the folks in the arena and those folks in the arena tend to be founders and founders tend to skew younger so a bit of truth to that when it comes to okay we're presenting the future of fintech and fintech expertise but i mean we wouldn't i wouldn't have the first clue on what the average age of an empire speaker is but you know that is fair. I think I think acknowledging um, those biases and how your selection process might be affecting what you're putting on stage is fair. But anyway, to your direct point, man, I I you can't blame those conferences that are putting mantles on stage. I blame their sponsors that are not putting their money where their mouth is. I agree with and that. you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, dollars are what what it takes to get things done. We're um, beyond proud that we're the only large-scale conference that's been a gender parity for the last six years. We're going to be close to 40% BIPOC this year, which is amazing. You know, the fact that folks outside of the coasts in smaller cities from diverse backgrounds are helping to change the world of financial services for the better. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's what pops me out of bed before my alarm. Yeah, I love it. Isn't one of the kickoff events is uh, Nicole Casperson's doing like a fintech as femme thing, right? With some badass speakers, I think. Um, you mean the queen? Queen Casperson? Oh, oh I'm sorry. I, 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 we, at this point, her and I still haven't even met. Okay. So I, I mean, I will give. Uh, sure, I didn't. I didn't realize I was supposed to call her the queen. Uh, sure. 
That's, I mean, I'm she has accomplished something if she's got you calling her the queen. I love I'm it. I'm texting her right after this. Queen Casperson. Like, it's even got the, the sudden sense of rolls Zachary off the tongue. Anderson Pettit did not use your full name. I was unaware I was of the queen offended. status. I was offended. I apologize. I did not know I was amongst royalty. Yeah, Nicole Casperson and and uh, and and obviously uh, Alex Johnson, the Workweek team, and I've loved what they've done. Um, yeah, but, but Alex won't be here, so I have an issue with that. Bebe, because he's having a bebe. I get. I mean, what is he like bringing life into the world? He's having a bebe. <laughs> Wish the world could see your face when you say a bebe. <laughs> it's not like a bebe. I have a face for radio. Uh, congratulations, Alex, uh, bebe. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So she's kicking out. Well, her and Workweek are. It's. I thought it was yeah, just like her she's doing. I mean, her events sold out in like seventeen. Honestly, like a. Like a Backstreet Boys concert back in the day, <laughs> that thing sold out in 17 minutes. She built something wild. amazing. Honestly, I, I couldn't even get a pass. I couldn't get it. <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, absolutely. The uh, CEO from from Betterment, one of her, one yeah, of her yeah, keynotes. Yeah, that's I mean, right. That's what right. what an you know exciting event. Nicole had you know attended a conference as in the audience. As she was as she was shifting into media, she's she was on stage last year. This year, she's doing a masterclass solo on the on the Empire Conference stage. So, oh, I did, that's awesome! I didn't yeah, realize that. Yeah, cool. Super super excited. And I mean, she's she's talking about community, which is uh, challenging because it's such a nebulous topic. It really, but is. Um, you know, if you're going to learn about building community around your brand, whether it be fintech, financial services, she's the she's she's the person to to learn from. If you had to compare and contrast the fintech community the ecosystem here in new york 2010 to now with having empire all of these other things i mean even not even necessarily just referring to the support networks but and obviously fintech has come a long way but curious what you because i mean i think the first time i came was for empire that time so i have a very small sample set i'm curious what you think of the growth in the ecosystem over like the last whatever 13 years the the resources are just second and on the fact that every day of the week you can be going to a different event. The fact that every bank, even if they're not good at fintech, they've put resources towards understanding fintech and shepherding new technologies in. So, I mean, this is this is the time and the place to build. The uh, sorry that that sounds like a a terrible cliche tweet, but this All is right, the time Mr. and place Andreessen. to build. Slow down. Everything is not fintech, but. I say the biggest thing right now that New York is missing a dominant fintech accelerator. So, you know, there are things that are their advantages and disadvantages to the current fintech ecosystem because of, you know, various corporate pressures and, uh, you know, the pressures of running publicly traded companies. A lot of the a lot of the corporates that were backing accelerators and nurturing early diverse entrepreneurs with uh an an idea a dream and a willingness to put everything on the line and work seven days a week 20 mm -hmm. hours a day um has has gone by the wayside so we've seen countless fintech accelerators close down um so i'd say the ecosystem's amazing you the, used to be the only place to find nerds was to show up at the empire fintech yeah. uh the empire fintech meetup now you can you know, th throw a baseball and hit you know a, a meetup happening in fintech in new york city yeah um but at the same time, there's there's been some divesting in in, in actual capital flowing yeah. into the early stage companies, and especially in this environment where it's harder and harder to attract venture dollars. Even though I, amongst many, argue there's there's plenty of capital in the system, it doesn't mean it's easy to find a seed stage investor 
to 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 pour two years of runway into your uh, now FRB account. <laughs> Way to sneak that in at the end. <laughs> I was I was all prepared to carry on with some seriousness about the state of the ecosystem. <laughs> now in your FRB account. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Classic, John. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, you you know you used to run the TechStars Barclays Accelerator. I somehow started and ex- every time I say I started an accelerator it's just like the weirdest <laughs> are you sentence. still surprised by the fact that you ran a fintech accelerator I, for a number of years because I've never founded a fucking company and the idea that like running running an accelerator where you're advising founders after having never founded a company and like I, I, I had my first ball hair while that happened you know like this was it was silly to think that I <laughs> should have been advising founders at that point I mean I worked my nuts off and I think I really <laughs> with all, all the one ball hair that they had on them but I don't like. I should not have been in that position. I'm, I'm, I'm mildly uncomfortable with the. You should be. <laughs> with, with the, the direction, the analogies you're bringing this, but what I'm, what I always observe from you is, you tell the story of running an accelerator, like you blacked out on a bachelor party. I did like, basically, bruh. This one time, bruh. <laughs> bro. This one time. Uh, after I lifted, of course, you know, whatever. I was lifting heavy, but I mean, this. So besides the point. After that. I accidentally blacked out and ran a fintech accelerator for a number of years. I don't know what happened, bro. I woke up, all this capital was deployed. <laughs> it was just <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I had a hashtag on my face. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I understood banking in a whole new way. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of that is kind of how it feels. It is. It's surreal, man. I mean, it's the the idea. It, I still. I was. I was. I had lunch with Eric Garrettson that I was <laughs> not throwing shade, but throwing shade out earlier um last week and i was telling him about like coming back to empire and that i was going to be interviewing yelena and all that and i mean this i i truly feel that most most of my life i don't feel like i I feel like i've been very very lucky throughout all this but especially new york fintech week and empire has had this really weird place where I guess it's kind of true of all conferences because they happen around the same time every year. And it's like a spot where you're like, oh, last year I was doing this at this point or whatever. But I, I like viscerally every year have a moment since 2017 when I came 18, 2017 or 18 when I came the first time where I'm like, holy shit, what has happened in the last year? Like, I can't believe that I've even accomplished this in my life. You know, like it's like it has a real moment of like and New York kind of does that to me, too, where even where I spend a lot of time here, I still just look around I'm like, how the fuck? Did I, get? I can't believe I got here. Like I'm like a dog that caught the car kind of a thing. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is shocking. It is confusing. It is like I feel incredibly lucky to be part of this ecosystem. And like, I think that's the beauty of it is I think most people inside of I think most people inside of this ecosystem, especially that aren't from New York, feel really lucky to be part of it and just want to fucking help. And I think that's like the vibe of it. And that's why like next week we'll feel the way it feels for the folks that are here. I think so. I mean, some of it's some of it's luck. Some of it's a bit of strategy, but it is, you know, we want certainly Empire FinTech Conference, but the entire week to be as collaborative and as open as possible. And a lot of folks come to New York and they expect to get, you know, shoved on the street or on the subway by, you know, mean New Yorkers and you walk in and it's open arms. So, you know, I can't wait to see you at New York FinTech Week next week. I can't wait to see all the all the listeners. I feel like it's a it's a family reunion. Uh, That's how we treat it. That's why we love it. And uh, and we're very fortunate to, to play a small role. 
All right, y'all. Go check out the show notes. I'm going to put all of the things that we discussed in there. Uh, link to Johnny Boy. Link to um, all of the events. And we will see you all next week. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, John. <laughs>